Julia. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, welcome to the Research Lab show by Sunday Pajamas. Tell everyone about yourself. So it must feel like an inception of discussing podcasting within a podcast. What do you think about it? Yeah, uh, my name's uh, Julia Eve. I, I've been in podcasts for, for quite a while, and it's true. I definitely discuss podcasts on a lot of podcasts, but that's where the audience for podcasting is. So it makes sense. But I've been uh, in the corporate space for about a decade now and working now as a podcast strategist. So I work one-on-one -on -one with podcasters who need help in a number of different areas, whether that is help booking guests for their podcast, working on organic or paid social media to promote their podcasts. I also write content for podcasters. So if they're looking to repurpose their podcasting content into a blog post, newsletter, infographic, etc., I can help with that. And something I've been doing a bit more frequently now too is also coaching podcasters who need help with public speaking or getting more comfortable in front of the microphone. And I got into that industry. I actually started as a college radio host was probably the first time I got used to being in front of a microphone and talking to people. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was so fun. I uh, am comfortable talking in front of other folks and talking on a microphone to an audience I can't see in front of me. And soon after that, I got involved in working for a comedy podcasting startup called Earwolf Media. About nine or 10 years ago was my first position in podcasting. So working as a production assistant there and, and doing quite a few different tasks. And since then, I've worked in the corporate environment with some larger podcasts with that startup and now also working solo one-on-one -on -one with podcasters who are looking for some additional help. And I love doing it. I, I listen to podcasts more than I watch television or watch movies. So that's kind of my guilty pleasure is listening to all sorts of different podcasts. So I, I love spreading that knowledge and helping other people get a podcast they're really proud of. Which is your favorite one or which is the favorite set of yours? Oh, goodness. It doesn't seem fair to choose favorites, especially since I work with some. But I will say a few different genres. I love following news podcasts because I have worked in journalism. So some of my favorites are any podcasts that come from NPR, National Public Radio. So I really enjoy It's Been a Minute with Sam Sanders for my pop culture news. I enjoy the NPR politics podcast to uh, know what's going on in our political system. And there's quite a lot to keep track of. So it's helpful to have a podcast to break it down for me. And I, uh, my first love was comedy podcasts. So I have quite a few favorites in that area too. It's similar to watching TV. It's escapist. So I like watching... Uh, listening to comedy podcasts that help me, you know, unwind after a stressful day at work or to listen to in the car when I'm driving to an office. Uh, so I listen to quite a few with different themes. I especially like comedy podcasts that make fun of bad movies or, or recap funny movies or TV shows and kind of poke fun at them. So that I enjoy those quite a bit. Sounds like you uh, use podcasts to unwind and lighten up your mood and also gain knowledge through the news uh, podcasts. Absolutely. Yeah. How do you urge new podcasters to start their podcast? I mean, why should they do it? And uh, it does not sound fair to say in, uh, being in a podcast, but yeah, well, let's think about what encourages new podcasters and how do you, uh, do you share your story or 
Sure. There are quite a few different ways people find podcasting. I have had friends to me say, it seems like everyone has a podcast. I feel like I should have one. What should I podcast about? I have had people say that to me. And my answer is always the same. I can't tell you what you should podcast about. I am happy to help folks that are narrowing down some ideas or want to bounce some ideas off of me. But the most important thing for a podcast, as you've learned with your own, is you really want to be passionate about the subject matter. It's something that you'll want to be able to talk about for a long time. So even though I think there's a strength to picking a very specific niche, for example, all I talk about is crazy 80s action movies, or all I talk about are different ways to bake cakes, you know, whatever your specific thing is, but you have to know if you're going to talk about it once a week for years, potentially hundreds of episodes, you want to make sure that you're really passionate about the topic and you want to talk about it that much because it can, it can get exhausted for sure. So it should be something that um, if you just want to do a barometer to your, for yourself, have you been able to be at a party or talk to a friend about a subject for 10 or 20 minutes and you just never run out of things to say? If you notice, I could talk about the TV show Friends and once I start, I just don't stop talking. Or I'm really passionate about um, helping other millennial women in the career sector and I could interview other people doing interesting jobs and ask them about their jobs forever. So it helps to know something that you will wanna talk about a ton because your audience can tell if you are passionate about the subject and if you're being sincerely interested or not. And also you want to enjoy the process. It should feel fun and relaxed and natural. So I think that really helps. There are other people who find podcasting through their industries. So some folks start a podcast to accompany things they're already doing to market their business. So maybe if you own a lifestyle brand or you're a coach and you want a podcast to be one thing you do, in addition to many other things, you have a blog and you do a live weekly YouTube show and you want to have a podcast. It could just be one facet of your of promoting your business. But um, podcasting is absolutely a long game, though some people do seasonal or short term podcasts. It does take a while to really accrue a loyal listenership and to scale your numbers as a podcaster. So I think it's wise to go in thinking, OK, if I'm going to do this for the next three to five years or just shoot for that first year, hit that first year anniversary, um, know that it's something you want to talk about for a long time. And I know we'll get more into the nitty gritty of specifics of setting up your podcast. But one tip that I would have as well is I think it's really wise to fill, to record a few pilot episodes of your podcast. So before you even release something to the public, record at least one episode. You could even do five or 10. I have advised podcasters before that it took them quite a few times of recording episodes and analyzing them to see what works, what doesn't work until they really got to a format that they were confident in. And it helped them discover if their theme was the right idea or if they needed to tweak that idea a little bit. So I think it's helpful to record a few episodes. You can ask a friend or someone else to be your guest on these episodes. And these are episodes that no one else may ever hear. They're just for you to analyze and study. But it helps to know if you're comfortable, confident, and if you feel like you're going in the right direction, or if you need to retool the format a little bit or work on it a little bit before you release it to the public. Yeah. So you can get feedback with every episode and implement it in the next. That sounds great. And if you can speak about something for, uh, let's say, hours at, at length, 
maybe you can add it to the list of potential topics that you can do in a podcast or deciding the theme yeah the th- the theme is something that i really encourage people to think on quite a bit it, it it does help to niche absolutely i think the podcasts that you see that grow or go viral very frequently often have a theme like we're just we just talk about the dancing with the stars tv show and we're super or we're super obsessed with the bachelor or it kind of helps with that a bit but there is still room for other podcasts that are just a very general broad interview base granted this is these are picking celebrities, but someone like a Joe Rogan podcast or a Michelle Obama podcast, the the selling point there is the person and the personality. So they can talk about a wide range of topics, but the listeners are tuning in because they want to hear that person talk about the topic. So there is also, um, it is okay to not have a strict theme, but just know it might take a little longer to get a listenership because people will be tuning in because they've become your super fan and they want to hear everything that you do specifically. Yeah. So on this you're sure you have that personality. Getting into a topic or theme is uh, important. Yeah, it definitely helps. And it helps new people to find the show. So even if you have a very broad-based podcast without a theme, you can theme your episodes based on who your guest is. So if you have someone this week, you know, this week we're celebrating National Voter Registration Day in the United States. So you could have someone on who works for a nonpartisan organization and is passionate about voting rights. So your episode could be, okay, on this episode, we're just talking about elections, voting rights, and how to get people excited to vote. And then next week, you could have someone on who owns a bakery and is passionate about cupcakes. I brought that up multiple times, so I must be hungry today. (laughs) So every, every episode theme could be entirely different. And really, your job as a host is to be a curious person and to ask great questions. So no matter who your guest is, you want to ask the questions that, you know, the listeners will be thinking. So you just want to go in and and be a good listener and have an engaging conversation and it will just unfold naturally. Yeah. So the idea is to be relevant and stay relevant with yourself as well as with what you know and what is going on in the world. For sure. And I think that the interviewers that people find the most interesting, this is a dated reference, but someone like Larry King, who had a TV show for many years in the US, someone who is just naturally comfortable in front of a microphone and asks good questions is generally curious. So if you notice you're someone that when you meet someone new and they tell you what they do for a living and you have lots of questions for them, like, oh, wow, you're a food scientist. I don't know what that is. Let's talk about it Um, and just really dig into it. Like, I've never met someone who drives a school bus for children. Like, what is it like? What's the craziest thing a kid's ever said to you? Has the bus ever broken down? And what did you do? You know, and if you're someone that likes asking lots of follow-up questions, that's a pretty good signal that you would be a natural podcaster, that you're comfortable having conversations with all sorts of different people. Yeah. If you're ready to get in the shoes of uh, guests as well as listeners and also try to relate what they might want to talk to each other and help convey that and bring that to the podcast. 100%. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So once, once someone starts, how do they, so we have the topic, we have uh, the guest, what are the other factors that are the ambience and the setup? What do you recommend on that? 
Yeah, this is something that um, is different for every person for where you are recording from, whether you are at an office in your home or have a studio set up and also your the resources you're able to put towards your podcast. I have worked with some podcasts that, for example, when I worked for a, a podcasting startup business, when I've worked in the corporate environment with podcasts for a much larger company, those are places that have sound booths and professional recording equipment set up and they have professional producers there that are ready to record with you. Obviously, that's a great option if if it is available to a podcaster to take advantage of. Um, you can also look into, uh, especially, you know, I live in a big city. I live in Los Angeles. So this is available if you're interested in renting a recording studio or working with a podcasting network where they will rent out their space. That is also an option. So if you're not interested in doing a home studio setup, you can look into that. And there are podcasting studios where they say, this is how much it costs to come in for an hour and record your episode. They may also edit it for you and release it, or you may just take the raw files and then work on it on your own or with your producer. Um, but renting space is is a realistic option. I, it, you know, There are places to do that now. So if you're looking to invest in a very professional setup, that is something you can do. Um, however, it is totally possible to do it from home. There are a number of different microphones available, uh, recording and editing equipment available. And I don't want to shout out just one specifically. Um, I'll say I started with a very inexpensive and reasonably priced option, like a Blue Yeti microphone, which isn't huge, but it gets pretty decent sound quality. There are nicer setups uh, as well. So it depends on how much you want to invest in a microphone. And I would encourage people to go online and read, you know, some breakdowns on websites that have you know, their ranking of microphones, uh, because it really comes down to price there. Um, but a few things you can do at your own home setup is if you're planning to record from home, you need to think about, will you ever have guests there with you in person, or will they all be remote on Zoom or Google Hangout um, online? So you'll want to know, do I need to be able to have multiple people in my home office recording? And if it's just you, you'll want to have your microphone set up. If you are on camera, it helps to have a, a lighting set up behind your camera so it looks as flattering and nice as possible. Um, many podcasts are audio only, but some people, you know, have started including video on YouTube, et cetera. So it depends on what you've decided to do for your podcast. Um, so I would encourage you to look into the lighting setup and aesthetically how it will look. And you want to make sure you have a quiet uh, environment. I'll admit where I live and have been working from home is not ideal. I live in the center of Hollywood, California, and it's very loud here. <laughs> but if you hopefully have the quietest room in your house is where I would encourage you to record. And you can invest in things like soundproofing. So if you notice that you always sound very echoey when you record your episodes, you can either buy a product that's specifically for soundproofing that you hang on your walls, or there are people that just, you know, do whatever they can. They take a blanket, they hang a blanket on their wall. I've known people who record in their closet. It's not ideal, but you know, there are people, as we've seen right now during work from home times in the United States, there are professional radio journalists from NPR and other stations that go into their closet and put a blanket over their head and record there because that's the place they sound the best. So it's nice to have a more comfortable setup, but if you're just starting out, just find the area where you think you sound the best, the clearest, 
the most professional. And if it is something you plan to do for a long time, I would consider investing in a nice microphone and earphones and, and trying to have as professional a setup as possible from home. So those are a few of the tips I would have is look at your budget and consider what's reasonable for you. Yeah, try and see what is working out best for you. Yeah. And if you have a friend who podcasts, maybe it's something where you can go in on it together. You don't need your equipment every day, eight hours a day. So you might be able to you know, share equipment or invest together and they use it for their podcast, you use it for yours. Um, and again, there are very small podcast networks. So you could also look into whether it's possible for you to sign with a podcast network and they'll help you get those resources together. Got it. So there are multiple options suits you best and choose from it yes <laughs> given the, given the uh, work from home scenario have you seen a lot of people jump into podcasting say as a part of their work or apart from their work yeah and you know i've been kind of surprised by it. i've looked at some numbers that do report that podcast listenership is up that people are listening to more hours per podcast per week. And I wasn't really sure if, if I was going, I could have seen that going either way. Um, I'll say I personally, I do listen to podcasts all the time, um, but I also work in it. But I noticed a lot of the times that I like to listen to podcasts are in my car when I drive to my workplace and when I drive home. And I'm not doing that anymore. I'm home all the time. So I don't have that commute. And again, I live in Los Angeles. We're a little notorious for sitting in our car all day trying to get places. So sitting in your car is a great place to listen to podcasts in Los Angeles. I also like to listen to podcasts when I exercise and I no longer go to the gym. I have been exercising from home, but that was a place where when I went to the gym, I would usually pop a podcast in my ears which is a little challenging. It's probably easier to listen to some pump up music, but I would listen to people talking while I was trying to sweat and get my heart rate up. Um, so I knew that people were doing less of that. And also there are quite a few people now that they're working from home that they're also busy raising children or doing their children's schooling and working at the same time. So I honestly thought that listenership may go down, but it's actually gone up. So people are listening to podcasts even though they're not commuting or they may not be going to a gym or some of those places, there are more people interested in podcasting. There are unfortunately quite a few people who are now out of work. So they have had the opportunity to think about taking on a hobby or looking at podcasting as an opportunity to show themselves as an expert in their industry. So they have this great portfolio and this thing that they can show when they look for their next job. And also there's just a lot more free time. I am very grateful to still be working during this time, but I'm not going out to see friends as much. I'm not going to the movies. So I do have more free time. So if you have more free time, if you are fortunate enough to have more free time, um, podcasting is, I think, a hobby a lot of people have taken on now. And one thing that I really love about listening to podcasts during this time is it does connect us to other humans. I see my husband every day because we're self-isolating in an apartment together, but we're not seeing as many of our friends and family because we're trying to self-isolate during COVID-19. So listening to podcasts, uh, is, I think is a very like intimate and connected experience where even if you don't know the host personally, sometimes if you listen to a podcast once a week and someone is a really engaging host, you start to feel like you know them and you know their sense of humor and their interests 
And it does sound like you're just listening to a friend who's talking to you in your earphones. So in a time when everyone feels very isolated around the world, I think podcasting is a great way to bring people together and feel like you're a part of a conversation, even if it is remotely and you've never met the person before. So we've seen quite a few people starting podcasts during this time. And I think it's awesome. Yeah. Keep the conversation going and record it and put it up. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you might start multiple podcasts in your life. Maybe you do one for six months and you realize that theme or topic isn't for you or that you were figuring things out. And also you listen to many podcasts and you can hear their evolution. So their first few months, they may not have been using a microphone. They may have been using their phone and then realized it was time to invest. So sometimes you can listen to a podcast and tell that they've been able to evolve over time. And that's really neat to hear them find their voice and get confident and comfortable in front of the microphone. Yeah. So uh, change will happen over time and it's not necessary to have things perfect in the first season or let's say the first few episodes. Absolutely. I, I like to prepare for things and I do encourage people to to prepare to a degree, go in having an idea of what it is, get as prepared as, as you can, you know, figure out what's my setup. Do I want to record a sample episode to figure things out? But I would not let over preparation keep you from starting. I do think the biggest hurdle people bump into is just starting their podcast. They sometimes think about it so long, they never do it. So I would encourage you, if you're really interested in it, just try it. And if, if you need to pivot in the future and perfect it, absolutely. Or if you start a new one in a year that's that you're more comfortable with, then go for it. But I would just say start it and get that experience. Get comfortable talking in front of a microphone. And the more you do that, the more confident a podcaster you will become. So if you're thinking about it, just start one and then figure it out as you go. Yeah. Those of you who are listening, go for it. I absolutely support that. Yeah, it's the only way to get better at it. If you're a writer, you have to write a lot of bad things <laughs> until you write things that you you love. You know, it just takes working that muscle. I used to do, before I was stuck inside all the time, a lot of improv comedy in Los Angeles, live comedy on stage in front of people. And I was really bad for a long time. There were a lot of shows that just weren't funny. <laughs> and then after a few years of doing it several nights a week, I got better and more confident and people did laugh at the show and anything in life is like that. If you want to train to run a marathon, you have to start running and be breathing heavily and not fast and feel awful after. And after a while, you'll get better at it. So podcasting is the same thing. You need to do it. You're going to have some episodes that aren't your best episodes and that's okay. And in a few years from now, you'll, you'll be an expert at it. Yeah. Do you have any of your uh, shows go live? My, I, I personally have hosted some shows. If you're talking about improv comedy specifically, they, those, I don't think there are any real recordings of them online. It is a very interesting live show format where it's, you kind of just see it once when it's live and that's it. Um, I do have some storytelling that's online where you can see me doing that live, but no improv comedy that, yeah. <laughs> okay. So when you are starting, is it best to go solo or is it best to have a companion or a guest? And for that matter, how many people can be there on a podcast? 
Yeah, there it's, I've definitely had some comedy podcasters I've worked with where they'll have a lot of people on one show, like a huge room of people, or they take turns doing different segments. Um, so there's really no limit um, other than how much space you have in your recording setup <clears throat> in order to do it. Um, I, I have hosted solo podcasts and it is totally possible. I do think there is an advantage to having a partner with you, a co-host. Um, you can delegate half the work. So, you you know, you guys can take turns. So that makes it easier because I have done the solo podcast venture where it's up to me to book the guests, promote the show, host the show, come up with the question. It's, it's just honestly a lot. So if you do have a friend, it can help because they can take on some of that work from you. One other reason that and again, I've hosted a solo show, so I, I've done it and it is possible. But one thing I've noticed is having a co-host does help because occasionally you may have a guest where you aren't clicking or you're, you're kind of still figuring each other out. Like you don't have the same sense of humor. The conversation's not as quite as dynamic. And if you do have a co-host there, uh, for example, if you have a show where you just recap episodes of your favorite reality show and you have a guest on and you're just you're just really not clicking very much but your co-host and you have a great friendship you know each other's jargon you have the same inside jokes that really helps to have that person there as as kind of like a buffer and a comfort thing so even if the guest and you may not be connecting super well you still have you and your co-host are connecting so i do think that can help a little bit but again, it's it's fine to have a solo show, but I would just be aware that, you know, it's up to you to keep the conversation flowing. If you have a guest on who's never done a podcast before or is honestly just not a super comfortable guest and they give you a lot of one or two word answers and they don't have a lot to say, it can really feel like a lot of work to like drag information out of them. <laughs> and I do have some experience with that working in journalism, like, okay, if this person's not saying much. Let me try asking the question in a different way. Um, but it helps to have a co-host there to keep the conversation flowing. But again, that is personal preference. You want to make sure you're both passionate about the topic and interested in it. And in terms of guests, I do think guests are great to have on the show. It's it's very dependent on your show. There are a lot of podcasters that every episode is just them alone or them and their friend talking about a subject and they never have a guest and that is okay. However, having guests keeps the conversation lively and interesting. If you're honestly running out of things to say to your friend and you have a guest there, they'll have new, new information and new personal history they can bring to the conversation. And it is really one of the best opportunities to scale your listenership. So if one of your goals is, I want my podcast to grow and get more listeners, and it's okay. Not everyone's trying to be famous and that is fine. And, but if you are like, oh, I just really want to have a an episode that a ton of people listen to, having guests with large social followings really helps with that. If it's only ever you and your friend, it's going to take a lot longer for those numbers to go up and you're more likely to plateau on listenership. But if you do have guests and you have the potential to get someone who has 50,000 followers on Instagram or they're famous on TikTok, that's going to help you get more new people to your show. So that is an advantage to having a guest. And again, if the conversation goes stale, it's just helpful to have other people there. So hopefully they have something to say. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it is very much personal preference. And I would encourage new podcasters to 
listen to the shows that you like the most and think about why you like them. If you like a show where there's three or four different people and they all have really different points of view and they just like butt heads the whole time and you think that's great, then that might be the kind of podcast you want to host. Um, so I'd look at like, what do you enjoy listening to and use that as a guide as well. Yeah. Well, I think guests add a lot of context to what you're thinking already and they bring in their own set of experiences and stories and, and having a co-host is also great because uh, that gives you the companionship, the compatibility that you already share. That, that is the singular reason you have them as the co-host. And But the other variable is having new guests all the time. And how do you think people can manage that, given that they are doing it for the first time, or even if they already have a show? How do you suggest people to bring in the kind of guests that would be suitable for their podcast? And how do you bring them on yeah guest booking it, it can become time consuming um and that's honestly why that's a service that i offer to do for people to book podcast guests for them because it can be like a full-time job especially if you do record very frequently and you need a lot of guests i would look at specifically what industry are you in or what is your podcast theme so if you are um, again, if you're an entrepreneur and you like to interview other entrepreneurs or, you know, a very niche thing, you can look online and see where that online community is. Using social media is a great way to find guests. I know that you've done that before, too. Go on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Are you in a LinkedIn career group and you have a journalism podcast and you see other journalists? Those are people you may want to interview. So I would look on social media. Look on hashtags that are similar to yours. So if you do use a hashtag for the topic your podcast is, if you podcast about Christmas movies, look to see other podcasters who are talking about Christmas movies um, and have them on your show. Another way to find guests is to go on platforms where your podcast is released and to look for podcasts similar to your podcasts. So I would encourage you to look on Apple Podcasts or other platforms, see podcasters in your same space and consider having them on as a guest. I was actually fortunate enough with one of the podcasts I host to get that feature at the top of Apple Podcasts where you're on the home screen that says, listen to the show. And when I spoke with their team, one of the things that they encourage people to do is they really like, Apple Podcasts really likes promoting podcasts who shout out other podcasts in their same space. So if they see that you're a podcaster, you have similar podcasts on, you promote each other's podcasts on your show. Apple Podcasts really likes that. They want people who promote each other's shows, have each other on shows. So that really helps and looks good in their eyes. Um, and you will also have the potential of getting other listeners. So if you host a, a football podcast about American fantasy football, and you see that there are 10 other podcasts that are recommended as similar to yours, I would reach out to those hosts and say, I see that you talk about fantasy football. I do that too, which means we're both experts. How about you come on my show and I come on your show? And then because your shows are so similar, there's a good chance that their listeners will check your show out and your listeners will check their show out. So it's good to have that rapport. And it means you're having someone on who is already a confident podcaster, they probably have their own 
set up at home. They know how to speak on microphone. It really helps to find people who are already savvy on podcasts and you know will be a great guest. In fact, I would recommend if you have the choice between two people as a guest and one has a much larger social media following, but the other has already been on 10 podcasts and they're like really confident and funny and great. I would have the one that you know is going to be the better guest than the one who's maybe more famous. So that's one way to look at it. And then ultimately the final option is just cold emailing people. If you're in a certain industry and you you know, have a geological podcast and you talk to other people in that field, you might just go to different university websites and book publishers and, you know, just look for people who are working in that field and reach out to them via cold email and say, I host the show. Here's how it works. I would need 30 minutes of your time, you know, and, and pitch them that way as well. So there are a lot of ways to do it, um, but it does really help to look at who's already doing podcasts so you know that they're they're game to do it and reach out. I would start there. Yeah, and a lot of public speakers and podcasters, they kind of have an option on their website or their social platforms that, hey, here's where you can uh, fill out this form and reach out to me. So you, you want to look for those uh, opportunities and uh, see how to get in touch with them. Yeah, and this this does require a bit more savviness and time, but one of the things I do when I do book guests for people professionally is I will keep a spreadsheet of information to know when I've reached out to someone and when I may like to reach back out to them. A lot of people who do podcasts, especially if they're an author or they are sell, you know, selling something or have something to promote, it's good to know when do they have a new project coming up that they'll want to promote. So if you know, I really want this author and they have a new book coming out in six months, then I wouldn't reach out to them when you know they're busy writing the book. Reach out to them when their book's going to be coming out soon and they're planning publicity and press around their book. And that's a great time to have them on. Same with people in entertainment. If you're reaching out to a musician or an actor, they may be busy a lot of the time. But if you know, okay, in January, they're promoting this new album they recorded and they're probably looking for places to go and do interviews and say, buy my album. Um, that's the time to ask them to be on their show. So that re does require some work, listening, keeping track of their schedules, but it means you're more likely to book them because that's the time frame that's the best time to reach out to them. Absolutely. And I think podcasting is so uh, flexible a thing. Uh, rather than uh, event promotions because uh, there are certain limitations in different geographical regions. So if you want to have a tour for promoting something, be it a book or something that you are coming up with as a launch date and you want to go on a promotion tour, uh, you can do podcasting tours. Uh, let's say that can be on your checklist, on the guest checklist and that can be considered by you. Who's the host yeah. I I think it's very savvy, the people that realize like podcasts are a great way to promote yourself. Oftentimes when you do interviews with other media, they're just, they're very limited. So if you do, you know, an interview with a magazine or a newspaper, they're really only giving you so much space on a page. Or if you're on a television show or a radio program, they might say like, okay, we have exactly three minutes to ask you. Uh, one thing that would be a great example are like our morning TV shows in the United States. The Today Show may say, we want to talk about this brand new book you wrote. You have 45 seconds before commercial break to tell us why your book is great. 
it's very competitive to get on there. Uh, when you go on a podcast, you know that you might have 30 minutes, an hour more to tell your whole life story and what your process is. And, and people who are super fans want that inside look and all of that information. So there is there are a lot of advantages to doing podcasts over, over other media. You can really share a lot more with your fan base than you can in the 45 seconds with Al Roker on the Today Show. And this format has really helped how media works. Like you mentioned, uh, like, hey, this, you have this much time and this is what, that's all you have. But in let's say, formats like podcasting, especially, you have room for improvement or, you know, you can see what works out. And a lot of people have gotten the opportunity to be out there and, and you know, uh, about themselves and their work and their experiences and share their learnings with uh, people who really look up to them. Yeah, I love that there is more of an opportunity um, to listen to podcasts, to learn and to find there is a podcast for every topic. And don't let that scare you from starting one. We need more of them. But any topic you're interested in, you can probably find a podcast that either is dedicated to that or has had guests that talk about it. Um, and another advantage beyond the fact that you get more time to talk about something as a guest is also that podcast listeners are very loyal listeners. We've noticed that with advertising, they're very likely to engage with advertisers on a podcast. They really trust the hosts of the show. So people who do dedicate so much time, if you're listening to someone for an hour a week or, you know, several hours a month, then you're really interested in what they have to say. So if they have a guest on and say, this person is worthy of your time and I'm going to talk to them for an hour and I really think you'd like their book or I think you'd like their album or I think you'd like their business, you should check it out. People are really likely to listen to the host and, and trust their opinion on it. Um, so it is Absolutely. It might in some ways be a smaller listenership than some other mediums, but you know that you will have the most engaged listeners who are ready to jump on whatever it is that you're promoting or talking about. Yeah. And maybe you can reach out to some listeners for feedback also. Hey, how do you find this episode? What do you think about it? Yeah, I think it's great to engage with listeners and also on social media, in addition to what they thought of certain episodes or themes, it's wise to say, hey, we're looking for future guests. Who do you really want to hear on the show? And they may recommend an expert or a person that you've never considered or heard of. So it's good to listen to listener feedback because they want your show to be the best it can be. So if they have a suggestion for a guest, that's someone you should consider looking into. Sure. I think with the media formats evolving and what do you think about the future of voice with regards to podcasting, what do you think is the future going when it comes to media and media in general? I do think we'll see, um, you know, podcasting has already grown so much in the last few years. When I started working in the industry, it was still very small and very niche audiences that participated. And now you'll even see major corporations and these huge labels that are getting involved, like a Spotify, which is now investing hundreds of millions of dollars in celebrity hosts and new shows. So we do see that people are investing in that space, which means they know there is value there. I think we'll see it continue to grow. Again, people want to feel connected to other people, the internet, 
is a wild place, but the internet has provided us with the ability to find people who are like us and have similar interests to us. So if I have a really specific interest, I do have a few, I've shouted some out, you know, I like listening to podcasts about like bad action movies or funny things. And none of my close friends and my spouse, you know, they might not like that, but then I can listen to a podcast where everyone agrees, all the fans and hosts that it's the greatest thing. Um, so it really helps you to feel like you have someone uh, out there who has a similar interest to you. Same with industries. Maybe you work somewhere and you're the only person in that industry, but you can find a podcast where thousands of listeners are all really engaged in that topic. It makes you feel very connected. Um, so I think we're going to continue to see an increase in people who are podcasting. And the other thing that's very exciting, which we did touch on earlier, is it is very realistic to have a home studio set up now. Again, it is possible if you are at the tier where you want to invest in going to a professional recording studio. Um, I don't think it's unreasonable anymore, but it is totally possible to get that equipment for home at a very reasonable rate. Similar to cell phones, at first they were not as obtainable. Now they're a little more affordable and we see many, most people have them around uh, these days. Same with podcasting equipment. You can get microphones uh, for very reasonable prices. There's a scale. So it depends on how professional you want to go, how much you want to spend, but it is possible to do it. Um, and same with learning to edit, etc. You don't have to go to school to learn to edit a podcast or you don't have to major in radio, TV, film, or or go that route, you can actually watch free videos on YouTube. There are free platforms like Audacity that you can use to edit. You don't even have to pay for those materials in order to get started. So it is possible to start and invest a very small amount in your show. And then if you're fortunate enough that your show grows, you have advertisers and you have other income coming in to invest toward it, that's when you can look into whether you want to hire a producer or a strategist or an engineer to help you with it. But it is possible. You just really need time and to be interested and passionate enough to look into how to get started. Yeah, uh, the tools of production and post-production have been really democratized and people uh, who are willing to go for it, uh, they can really make use of it. Yeah, it's very exciting that it's available to, to everyone. And that's why we're seeing so many new voices being amplified who who didn't have that opportunity before, uh, which is extremely exciting. So I'm excited to see that continue to scale. And again, if you're not, um, if you're new to it or not super savvy uh, with it, I would look for um, places on social media, different, you know, Facebook groups and communities who are also in a similar area and they might have some tips for you. And again, resources like YouTube, LinkedIn learning, other free online learning services. Um, there are videos for everything that you want to learn and they're free and experts are putting them out there. So all you have to do, to do is go on and search something like home podcasting studio setup and see how someone else has their setup or how to edit an episode on Audacity um, or how to use iMovie and people will teach you how to use those tools. And if all else fails, post on Facebook and see if you know someone who maybe, you know, works for a certain amount per episode and they can edit it for you. Yeah, sure. When it comes to advertisers, when can someone make the call that, uh, yes, it's time to get advertisers on the podcast and it would be of value to them and their investment? 
Yeah, podcast advertising, I will admit it can be a little daunting uh, at first. There are some ways to look into getting on either through network representation is a, a great way to start. So if your podcast is scaled to a point where you can find a podcasting network, and again, an example like you know Spotify taking on podcasts, that's very huge that the shows that they're taking on. There are lots of smaller and niche podcasting networks all over the place. I mentioned that I worked for a comedy podcasting network um, before, but there are podcasting networks for lots of topics. One of the advantages of a podcasting network is many of them do secure those advertisers for you. So they'll come in and say, okay, for our sh every show on our network, we have this sponsor this month. Here's the percentage you'll get. We have the ad copy you have to read and it's all handled for you. If you are doing it on your own, I would encourage you to look for, there are websites and services out there where people will find advertisers for you. So again, it is something where you're investing and they're getting a percentage of those ad dollars, but it means a professional ad salesperson is handling the partnerships for you but you will be giving them a cut of your profits. Um, and if you're doing it solo, uh, then I would probably look for things that are very much in your, in your wheelhouse and in your niche. So if you do have a very specific topic, look for other people in that industry who would be interested in advertising on your podcast. So if you do, you know, have a topic about cycling and you're a bicyclist, I would reach out to store online stores and places in that space that sell apparel and equipment and bikes and say, I have this very niche podcast, but everyone who listens is very passionate about cycling. So I think you'd be a great advertiser and reach out to them directly. So I think having a proposal or a pitch deck of sorts uh, makes a lot of sense when you're going to an advertiser to make sure they are they, are, they have received the right information. And this almost sounds like managing a company or a startup or you know having a business of your own, the business of podcasting, what do you think? Yeah, it's definitely a lot of work, which is again, why it's a service I outsource and, and a lot of other people choose to outsource because a lot goes into podcasting. Um, if you are starting on your own, there are lots of free templates you can find online. There are also great platforms like Canva, uh, C-A-N-V-A, where you can find templates for things like a pitch deck or uh, you, know, you can pull together a contract or a one sheet on there so, to help it look professional if you're not sure how to get started. Um, but it is quite a bit of work, which is why advertising is a really great thing to consider outsourcing if you are at the place where you think you're ready to have advertisers. Um, and the good thing is you have that money coming in from the advertiser, and then you can use that money to invest in something like a sales rep or a network who is doing the work for you. So you're not also a professional advertiser, a professional podcaster, and doing all these different things. Um, it is time consuming, but you know, if you invest in it, there really is potential to make your podcast profitable, which is exciting. Yeah. If you find the right people who can take care of things and the tools and the guests and the advertisers. So I think there's a lot to go in there. Yeah. And if you're fortunate enough, there are actually a few podcasts that I listen to and some that I've worked with where they've been able to get one sponsor who sponsors the entire show. Um, so if you say, hey, you know, here's the deal we would work out. You work on the specifics. It's something where they are the only person that you sponsor. You shout them out. You can even put it in things like your show notes. 
or your show uh, photo and have sponsored by so-and-so on there. Um, but if they're willing to invest a bit more in your show, you could give them that entire block and your whole show is sponsored by just one advertiser. And that's also a great option because it's a lot less work uh, if you just have one person who's investing. Yeah, right. So the best case would be to have a sponsor for an in- the entire show. It can Then the next best case can be the a season of your show. And then uh, eventually you can also give them the option to start with an episode and see how it works out. Yeah, absolutely. I would put together some different ways that can look for them to sponsor one episode, one season, or the whole show itself. Um, And then the other easiest thing, again, is if you're on a network and you just know that there is someone who is working on your behalf to secure all that info, and then they just tell you what advertisers you're shouting out that week. Yeah, I think uh, we have got into a lot of nitty-gritty of podcasting. Uh, I want to know more about yourself. So I was going through your Instagram and found that you have been, I'm not sure if, uh, what's your story like, so tell us a bit more, more about yourself. Were you in New Jersey and then moved to Los Angeles? Yeah, so I've, I've like I, I mentioned earlier, I started as a, um, one of my first like on microphone experiences was being a college radio host. And that just got my interest up in what it was like speaking in front of a microphone to an audience. Um, I was a fan in of a, a comedy podcasting network, Earwolf, um, in like 2008 or 2009 when podcasting wasn't quite at the height of popularity it is now, but I was a fan of several of their shows. So I began working remotely for their network and then actually moved to Los Angeles to work for their network full time. Since then, I've I've worked in a few different positions. I've also done some working with corporate podcasting um, as well uh, and now working directly with podcasters um, one on one as a strategist. But uh, I've had the opportunity of seeing what podcasting looks at several different levels if you are a part of a a startup network that is scaling rapidly that has several shows on their slate. They started with just a few when I worked there and now they have dozens of shows. Um, I've worked on the corporate side where we're introducing them to podcasting as an additional thing to add to their plate. And also with one-on-one podcasters who have a variety of different setups and means for their show. Um, So I've seen what it can look like from several different angles, but I think the important thing is finding those common through lines for shows of no matter how small or big a show is, you just want to make sure you're passionate about the topic, that you set time aside for it, and that you do know that it's more so a marathon than a sprint. It does take quite a while to build up your listenership and also to get more confident with your format and episodes. So it's really great to take that time to find your voice. And as long as you dedicate to doing it weekly or however frequently you're doing it, you will slowly start to build up that listenership and find that audience. Um, but it's not an immediate thing. So I think it is very important to be patient and know that it is something that takes a while to get to to those ultimate goals that you have. Um, so I really love working with podcasting. Again, I've worked in it professionally and I'm also a fan and have some interesting background that's um, lend itself to that as well, which is I have worked in journalism for a decade. So I am confident and comfortable talking to strangers and asking them questions. And that's very helpful in the podcasting realm and was speaking on microphones. So I've been coaching quite a few people um, just with uh, being confident on mic, 
learning how to ask different kinds of questions and then looking out for little ticks or habits they have, like saying uh or um a lot, or if they say the same phrase after every question and, and kind of working on cleaning that up a little bit. Um, so it's been really awesome and exciting. And yeah, you mentioned Instagram. If people want to find me on there, I'm at podcasts by Julia. And I do post a lot of podcasting best practices on there. And if you're interested in working with me too, you can get some more information on my Instagram feed. Definitely. Reach out to podcasts by Julia uh, to learn more about everything podcasting. Yes, please. And come on and tell me about your show. So if you're watching and you already have a podcast, tell me what your podcast is so I can listen to it. What is the last thing you would say to anyone who has a show or anyone who wishes to start today? What What's the first thing they would do? Yeah, I would say uh, we did cover a lot of the specifics in this, but if you have really been thinking about it a long time and just putting it off, again, I would say just start. Just pull together the basic thing. Even if you do end up just recording it on your cell phone, I would try and get a microphone, but if you just record on your cell phone or you just use Zoom or something on your computer, just start with it. You'll at least have some pilot or example episodes and you can decide if you're ready to release it to the public or not, or if you want to practice a bit more. But um, I would just say start trying and you'll find out, do you even like it and do you want to do this? Um, but often what keeps people from being successful podcasters is they just keep thinking about it and planning and they never actually take action. So I would say if you're interested, take action. It is uh, for everyone. If we've seen it, it has been democratized and a lot of people are podcasters. You do not have to be a professional host or communications major or have experience already. Um, it is open to anyone who's passionate about a topic to just get out there and try it out. Sounds awesome. Yeah. I want everyone who's listened to this episode to start a podcast now <laughs> by the time you're done listening start your podcast I think that's my advice listeners are already having ideas of what they can speak on and analyzing what are their topics of interest and what would they possibly speak on so yes go ahead and do that and we'll see you in the next one this is julia uh, on the resource lab show along with nishi your host thank you so much for being with us julia Thank you for having me. I had a fun time. Mm -hmm.